Hey, what's up? My name is Zev Bannett. You can check this out also as a podcast if you want to hear it in audio and not just watch it as a video. And what I want to sort of talk about in this video for a little bit is sort of what's been going on with this whole davening with a minion during the coronavirus situation. We have this virus going around. Everyone knows about that part of this. And I just, uh, I've been really thinking a lot about this for the last couple of weeks. It's been bothering me on and off, sort of reading what everyone is saying and what's, you know, what's been happening in terms of the minion space. Um, for those who don't know, davening with a minion means davening with a group of at least 10 men. And I just really am at a point where I think that the conversation that we're having is the wrong conversation. And I feel a little bad saying that. It's a little, it's going to be a little bit of a contrarian perspective here, but I think it needs to be said because I think that we're, a little, I think in a very big way, we have a very unusual opportunity to do something drastically important in terms, in the space of tefillah, in the space of minion. And we're we're dropping the ball, we're fumbling it in a big way. And I think that uh, from what I'm seeing, again, I'm not saying that I'm seeing the whole picture of this because I'm sure there's plenty of people who are using this opportunity in a very powerful way. But I think it's very important to articulate exactly what it is that we should be doing. And so let's just explore for a second what the problem is, like what's going on. So the thing about davening with the minion is that um, tefillah itself, as an activity, is called avodah shabalev. Avodah shabalev means something which you do on the inside. And actually, tefillah is the one mitzvah that you're constantly doing, either consciously or unconsciously, and it's underneath every other mitzvah you do. So there's this, there's this, there's this approach today in Jewish life that sort of says, well, it's the actions that matter. Things that you do are way more important than things that you think, or things that you feel on the inside. And so whatever the things you do really take precedence. And that's not really false. Definitely the actions that we do uh, is more, are more that's more significant in terms of living the Torah lifestyle. But the more you sort of say that, the more you start to knock out the other side of the equation, which is the things that are on the inside do matter. It's just that they don't matter as much. And the question is how to evaluate that kind of thing. And the logic is that if you do certain actions over time, it makes you internally slowly pull towards the underlying direction and purpose of those actions. So like the purpose of doing the actions is that it kind of also, it does pull you there. It brings your heart there, it brings your thoughts there, and it starts to make you more on the inside, the kind of person that you're trying to be on the outside. That's really what actions are, right? There are things you do on the outside, and then you want to sort of have that pull the inner you, or even make the inside you the same as the outside you, to make you what's called have mira satiferes, to be very transparently genuine, that who you are on the inside, who you are on the outside, is one thing, that you're not duplicitous, or you know what's called um, conniving, or, or deceitful, and that the way that you are on the outside is one thing, but then on the inside you think something different. So we try to avoid that, it's, you know, we want to, we want, we want to become what's called mira emes, become truthful and honest, and that who we are on the inside is who we are on the outside, and that it's one thing. So even if actions are more significant in the sense that they are more um, central or more impactful, it's only because the goal is sort of make it that we are this integrated person, that we are shalem and whole, that all the different parts of us sort of are part of who it is that the Jewish, the Torah perspective is about, is trying to create. So if that's just true as a background point, well, the idea of tefillah as avodah shebelev, it's one of, it's one of like, two or three mitzvot that are purely internal. In other words, you can say words when we do tefillah in, in, in Beit Knesset, in the shul, and, and you, can, you can say things in the synagogue, but like the things that you're saying are not actually tefillah. They're cues or tools that are trying to create tefillah on the inside. And then of course you have to know what tefillah is. But here's the problem. I think if you actually, once you realize that tefillah is an internal process, then you gotta sort of ask yourself the question like, well, Am I really doing that? Am I doing the internal process of tefillah? And tefillah is really about 
the, the root of the entire Torah, which is actually something we can just define as connection with Hashem. So just to put this out there as clearly as I can, davening with the minion, there's all kinds of things in the Gemara that describe how it's a very powerful thing. You know, Hashem is never going to reject its fila of a minion. Hashem sort of, he hears it in a different way. It's more significant. It's all these different statements that are made in the Gemara. But that's not magic. It's not like you just magically daven with 10 people and suddenly now magically Hashem just does things because you did, uh, uh, you said all these things with 10 people. First of all, it has to be actual tefillah. So like, if, if, in order for it to be tefillah b'tzibor, you have to actually be doing tefillah. In order for you to be doing tefillah, each of those 10 people have to be going to the inside space of themselves, accessing the root, the inside, the inside self that they are, the things that they want, and they have to then get deeply in touch with why they want those things, and are those things things that Hashem wants, which is what, you know, just quote Pirkei Avos, you're supposed to be making your ratzon in harmony with Hashem's ratzon, and, making, and then Hashem's ratzon becomes in harmony with yours, and like, that's a process that is internal, and if you have 10 people who are not doing that, and they're, but they're all answering Kaddish, and they're going through saying the words of Shmon Esri without really thinking about what they're saying at all, but they're saying them, that's not going to magically make it now that you're doing tefillah b'tzibur. Like, when Chazal talk about tefillah b'tzibur, they're talking about actual tefillah, because they knew what tefillah was, and they did what tefillah is, and so they would engage in that on a, on a, on a group level, be an extremely powerful thing to do. So, of course, that's going to make changes happen in existence when people are doing that. But then we have to, we have to also analyze why, why, what does 10 add to the process of tefillah, the process of tefillah on an individual level, excuse me. But the point is that you, that the, the, whole, the whole group element of tefillah b'tzibur is built on top of the actual tefillah experience itself. And so if you're not doing the tefillah experience, so then it doesn't really matter if you're doing it with a group of 10 or not. It's kind of like, you know, saying that it's like just going to work magically. If we just all get together and do these things, it'll magically make a change happen. That's like sort of saying, well, here's a bunch of things you should do when you're married. You should always buy flowers every week and you should take out the garbage and you should always try to clean up, you know, your stuff and also try, try to help out at home. And, you know, these are all like activities that are described as good marriage activities. But if no one ever tells you that the point of being married is to develop a connection with the person that you're married to, so then just giving you a list of things that you should do, they don't magically make your marriage good. It's not like, oh, well, since I, I did all the right things, I'm doing the things that are described, and it says these things will change everything. They'll make it really, that's true, they will change everything when you know that the core, the bulk of the process of marriage is about creating a genuine open connection between you and another person where you learn each other very deeply or you know each other very deeply, where there's a, there's a bridge between the two selves as we use our bodies and our minds and our emotions to bridge at that gap and connect to each other. So of course, then doing all those types of activities are, are, are external actions that will enhance and express that connection and then build the connection even further. But it's not just magic. It's not just like you just you just buy flowers and now magically your marriage is good. There's a, there's a system, there's a, there's a mechanics to that, which we kind of know about and you can't pretend that it's not there and just blindly do that as if it, is, as if it doesn't matter. And the same thing is true with tefillah. You can't just pretend that if we're just all together in a group of 10 people, then suddenly that's going to create tefillah b'tzibur and then it's gonna make everything good somehow. And now that we don't have it, it's gonna be like this tremendous loss. That is not true. So just to, to clarify that, so the first piece of information here, just to understand, Tefillah Sibur is a thing. It's something. You have to understand what it is, and it's built around regular tefillah, and then you can understand, okay, now that we know what it is, then we can know what we are losing, if we are even losing anything, by not being able to daven with a minion. So let's go a little further for one second. Here's a funny phenomenon in the world today, which has been going on for literally hundreds of years. In fact, the post have been talking about this for centuries, how people do not understand what tefillah is, and therefore they can't even do tefillah properly. 
So this is not a new thing, but the, the question is like, if you actually go inside yourself and as an individual and ask yourself, what exactly are you doing during tefillah? And are you really participating in the tefillah process in a genuine way? So of course the problem is that since we're so ignorant of what tefillah is, we can't even necessarily answer that question. So when we can't answer it, what do we do instead? We start to, we start to substitute other ideas about tefillah into that little empty space and start thinking that tefillah is something that it isn't. So let's just give a couple of examples of what that kind of looks like. There's a phenomenon, I, ha I worked at a m number of different um, you know, yeshiva programs over my lifetime, and one of the things that was always talked about was trying to get people to go to daven with a minion regularly. It was viewed as a very important thing to try to get people to do that in a, on a regular basis. And the logic was that if we do that, we're going to make sure people are actually um, participating in a Jewish experience on a daily basis. So if we have kids who are coming to our yeshiva programs and they were going to college after that, so then it was recommended, let's try to get these kids to dive in regularly with the minion and then also learn somewhat regularly. Obviously that was much more significant as well, but the, the minimum requirement was let's get, let's get kids to dive in with a minion, especially boys, because if we do that, so then they will have a Jewish experience with a Jewish community group situation on a regular basis. And why is that a good idea? Not because of Tefillah B'tzibur, it's a good idea because if you do that, then the hope was people will continue to participate in Jewish experiences and they won't decide to abandon Jewish life and go off and just kind of live non-Jewish non lives. And we have to have a long discussion about that, what exactly a Jewish life even is. But aside from that question right now, that was the under, underlying motivation to sort of push people towards tefillah in a group. Because we knew that if we did it that way, then it would get people to feel like they're more part of a group that, that, and it creates sort of like a Jewish identity. And this is your group identity. Well, I'm part of this group, so I'm Jewish. So I won't abandon my Jewish ideas and perspectives because I'm part of this group identity. So that's a very deep psychological dynamic, which is essentially revolving around the fact that we do not like to live too independently. We want to sort of look to other people and get an idea of who we are based on them and then make some of our choices sort of following a group. Not always a healthy thing to do. It's called peer pressure when you're a little kid. When you're an adult, it's called fitting into the society, into the community. And there are lots of pluses to that, but there are also some minuses. And the reason why is because these are, the idea of the group and the individual are always going to be in tension with each other. It's called the klal and the prat in the Gemara. They're going to be at odds with, the, with each other. So you have to kind of identify, well, which things am I doing because of the group? And which things am I doing because of myself? Now, if you build your marriage based on the group dynamics of a community, then your marriage will not really be unique in terms of its own structure and how you actually relate to your spouse, right? Think about that for a second. Like if you decide to just do what your friend does in your marriage, so it's like, well, I see him or her doing, buying these things, acting this way, dressing up a certain way. I'm gonna just do those same things with my spouse because that's what everyone is doing. Well, then you're not really learning your spouse for who he or she is. You're not learning yourself for who you are. And you're not sort of building a very, very personal and very unique and individualized relationship. That's obvious. I think we all agree with that and we all know that. But we don't always realize it's also true with Hashem because with Hashem, it's, it's like your other marriage. You have another marriage with Hashem and Hashem is, is someone. And you have to learn who Hashem is, just like you have to learn who your spouse is. And if you don't do that, and you just sort of copy what everyone else is doing, and you build some kind of carbon copy relationship, here's what it leads to. In tefillah, you're going to be very bored because you don't, there's no actual connection going on on the inside. You didn't build any of that. And then you'll start thinking things like, well, how do we know that our religion is the right religion? Because it's just, it's just a set of practices with a very, very superficial belief of there's just someone I have to believe in. That's very, that, that's like saying, Every marriage is the same. Look, there's a guy and a girl and they're together living in a house. They're all the same. How do I know mine is a good one? 
It's like that's a very valid question when you don't have a deep, internal, unique, individualized interaction between you and the other person. It's also true between you and Hashem. So, like, of course it's going to be a huge problem, and it's a huge problem now. We see that going on all over the, all over the Jewish communities. People are struggling with these types of questions, and they're, they're really not enjoying tefillah, and they're asking a lot of questions about it. And the answer is, well, just don't talk in shul. And try, you know, try to try to just uh, say the words and, and concentrate, and just force yourself to concentrate. Force yourself to concentrate. That's like saying don't don't actually talk to your wife and get to know her and learn her. Instead, just sort of keep telling her that you love her, and that eventually your your heart will follow that. That's not true. It doesn't work that way. You can't just keep saying and doing the same things without learning the person at a deeper level. Actions and, and things to say to your wife or husband are things that are great to do when you also learn them. So let's say you say I love you to your spouse today, and that means a certain thing as in terms of your connection. And then over the next day, you get some kind of interaction where now you connect more deeply. You have a deep conversation. You listen to them very carefully and deeply, learn them a little bit more. The next day when you say I love you, it'll mean something different than it meant the day before. So that's why it'll be better now. So we say that also about Shemona Esrei. You know, some of, in some of the Sifrei Musra, they say things like, well, when you actually say Shemona Esrei every day, every day, it's a little bit different. That's true if every day you're getting closer to Hashem because you're learning about Hashem and you're connecting to Hashem and you understand who Hashem is at some level and you keep enhancing it and expanding that. But if you're not doing that, then these things don't mean anything and in in, 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 just to keep saying the same words is going to be empty and is going to be boring and you're going to space out and go on your phone or talk to the people next to you and that's going to be a, a replacement for actual tefillah. So the idea here is that, that davening with a minion is something which is very good intrinsically, but if you sort of substitute societal pressures for it, then it's going to be something which is not really about. So let's just think about that a little further for a second. You have to ask yourself, why do I daven with a tzibur? Why do I personally like to go to shul or not like it? Do Why do I go to shul? What is the point of it? What am I getting from that? And so the, 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 the honesty that is required in that question is, well, am I going there because I want to take my personal connection with Hashem and now sort of expand it with a group and all of us do sort of like a group Hashem orientation discussion connection situation where we're all thinking about Hashem, we all are in the same wavelength towards Hashem and bringing Hashem into our group perspective as, at, as sort of like an extension of our bringing Hashem into our individual perspective. Or is it I'm going to see my friends, I'm kind of going because Shul is like where we all go, it's the community, this is like us being together, it feels nice to be together, like this is what we're supposed to do. If it's that second option, which it is for most of us, I would argue very avidly, honestly, um, then you're not doing tefillah b'tzibur. So let's take a look at that a little further. Now Now we have the coronavirus. What does the coronavirus do? It forces us to have no more of those gatherings. We can't have davening now, tefillah now in a group setting. Why would Hashem do that? Well, let's think about what that does for a second. It kind of forces us to strip away all the social elements of these gatherings and just go back to the root of what the gathering was actually about. So think about that for a second. I went to a wedding last week, a, a, wed- a corona wedding, coronavirus wedding. So c- weddings usually are, are essentially about a few different things. When you go to a wedding, again, you can ask yourself the same personal question, the same honest question. Why do I like going to weddings? Well, what is a wedding actually about? There's a lot of food, smorgasbord, friends, people, dancing, it's a fun time, everyone dresses up. There's all kinds of elements there that are social and that are physical, that are very fun, that we enjoy, right? There's great food, there's usually great people, everyone looks very pretty, it's like a very uh, you know, in a certain sense, a little bit self-aggrandizing. We kind of feel like we're we're putting ourselves out there in a very like like a, a high-level, um, special way. And there's a lot of social elements to that. And then you also have the actual wedding, right? What's the actual wedding? It's about two people who are saying we're going to dedicate our lives to each other 
that we're always going to connect each other more and more and more and more deeply, and then more and more and more t- towards Hashem also. We're never going to stop challenging each other, growing, listening, learning. That's the actual wedding. So if you have a corona wedding, so all you have left is just that. It's those two people saying that, and then the people who are there to witness it sort of say, we are now aware for the society level that these people are now going to be together in that way. So you're looking at a pure wedding when you do a corona wedding, because all the other social reasons of being there is just are stripped away, and suddenly you remember, what was the point of a wedding again? Oh, this is the point. Now, of course, we all know the point of a wedding, but at the same time, there's so many embedded almost like insidiously embedded elements that are there that dominate our perspectives and and make us want to be there for lots of other reasons. And now we can only be there for the reasons that genuinely matter. That's also true about tefillah with a minion now. So we have the situation where Hashem basically said, okay, well, no more of these pretend minions, no more of these tefillah b'tzibor groupings where people are getting together and they're not actually engaging in tefillah b'tzibor. We're not going to lie to ourselves anymore and say that we're doing tefillah b'tzibor. Hashem says, no more of that. I'm going to strip that away. I'm going to make you guys now struggle to be on your own and do tefillah, do, do tefillah by yourselves so you can learn exactly what it was that you had before and exactly what it was that you didn't have. And let's understand this more deeply. So just to sort of understand, like the, the, the concept here is that Hashem is giving us a, a, a crisis moment, a dislocation in our tefillah world that we can use to now activate real tefillah. And we can go inside of ourselves and we can learn about Hashem. We can learn about ourselves, learn about what tefillah is. Again, tefillah is an internal alignment process between you and Hashem, making you connect to Hashem more. When you talk to somebody who you love and you learn them more deeply, it brings you and them more into alignment. So you're more with them, they're more with you. There's a way to do that with Hashem that is extraordinary. I mean, it's called tefillah, but there's a whole a whole thought process, internal and external. It's like an incredible process. So... And Hashem strips away the social elements and just leaves, just sort of leaves you alone with yourself and the tefillah. So that gives you an opportunity to actually go and activate real tefillah growth, real tefillah process. So when you try to avoid that in any way possible, it's kind of like saying, well, the stock market went down a lot now, so I have all these opportunities to buy cheap stocks, but you know what, I'm just going to not do that. I'm going to instead wait around and sort of not do anything, and then, you know, I'll wait till everything normalizes, then I'll go back into the stock market. Like, that's, that's missing huge opportunities. You can ignore what's happening, or you can capitalize on it and use it to get further. And here we have an incredible opportunity as a people, as a society, as a community, whichever group you're in, whatever it is, you have an incredible opportunity to now pull away from the social pressure of tefillah b'tzibor and look at the actual meaning of tefillah and learn about it. There are so many ways to do that. So if you do that, so then you're going to essentially start to say, okay, I'm going to do my own tefillah by myself. I'm going to look inside myself and try to assess tefillah for myself. But then you take that a little further. I mean, doing any kind of minion where there's people who are like, you know, outside, scattered, or any of these other ideas, I mean, they're getting bashed left and right because of the danger of the coronavirus side of things. But you're also missing the point. Like, why would you do that? Why continuously push towards a tefillah b'tzibor that is shallow and lacking in so many ways when you should really be saying, I'm going to pull back focus on my own tefillah, then I'm going to reinvest myself into a tefillah b'tzibor with everybody else when we are all ready to do that. So just to take that to one last place, there's also a thing going on right now called Zoom Minion, which is basically people making a lot of Zoom gatherings on over the Zoom the Zoom platform, and they do Zoom tefillah b'tzibor. Now, in Shulchan Aruch, in the Halacha, we pass in that if you can't daven with a minion, 
for whatever reason, again, in Shulchan Aruch, Tefillah B'minyan is not viewed as a very significant thing. It's not viewed as like something that you have to do. It basically describes there's something that you should try to do. And if you can't, like if you're too tired, then you don't do it. There's all kinds of reasons why a person would not daven with a tzibur. The Shulchan Aruch does paskin, though, that if you are unable to daven with a tzibur for some reason, then you should try to, to set it up that your, that your Shmona Esrei is around the same time as a group of other people who are doing Shmona Esrei. The reason for that is because the actual Tefillah B'tzibur process is about you deeply realizing that we are all part of a consciousness expansion process here and genuine connection expansion between us and Hashem. So you want to try to do that. But that's again, that's, that's assuming that you can't do it with an actual group. So to use the Zoom minion today for us to try to time our Shmona Esrei to be around the same time is not a bad thing. We could also just send out an email and say, listen, everyone, we're going to try as a community to time our Shmona Esrei to be around, I don't know, 8.30 in the morning. So everyone should try to do that so we can all do the actual Tefillah B'tibur as listed in Shulchan Aruch the way that he writes it. But to do a Zoom minion and then sort of feed off of the social togetherness of that so we can feel a little bit less alone in our Tefillah, that, in my opinion, is avoiding the problem. In other words, the problem here is that we are using social togetherness in a regular minion setting to feel like we're doing something that we're not doing. We're saying to ourselves, we're doing tefillah b'tzibur, but we're not exactly doing that. But we are feeling like we're doing something, because look, we're all together. We're in shul, this is important, we're answering Kaddish. Tefillah b'tzibur is not that. Tefillah b'tzibur is us all being deeply in, engaged in the process of internal tefillah connection between us and Hashem, and then sort of looking over and seeing, look at all these other people, they're also doing that. We can also we can feed off each other's energy of connection and build off of that. So that's that's what it's supposed to be about. So a Zoom minion is like a substitute for that. It's kind of like, now it's like the ultimate lie. Like it's not even a minion according to anybody. It's not any kind of Tila B'tzibor in terms of just the uh, the togetherness of 10 men. It's just people sort of like feeling like we're still together even as we are now separated from each other throughout this isolation pre- period. Now, it's not bad to feel together when you're isolated. Of course, it's a good idea to do that, but you shouldn't be pretending that that's what Tefillah B'tzibur is accomplishing in some way. In other words, maybe we can say, let's all get together before we daven, and we can do a little togetherness thing then and feel not like I'm not so alone, and then we can turn off Zoom and do our Tefillah and actually think about what we're saying and learn about it and go deeply into ourselves and ask ourselves, what do I want? Do I care about Tzmichas Yeshua? Do I care about the fact that Hashem listens? Do I, do I, do I think about the fact that, that you know, that I want more justice and more mishpat in the world, like to do the actual tefillah process after we already know that everyone is kind of doing it together, but not with Zoom on like that. And then we can have different settings where we do Zoom groupings. We will feel like they're not as alone. But to, but to sort of shove that into the tefillah setting and the minion setting, well, it, it, you're very, very easily going to end up missing the whole point of this isolation period that we're in. So that's basically the idea here. It's the, the, the takeaway is tefillah b'tzibur is a tool it's supposed to be 10 different types of people all kind of coming together with the different gateways to Hashem on the inside that each of us has and us sort of feeding off each other's energy when we are each engaged in a deep interconnectedness between ourselves and Hashem on the inside. That's what tefillah is for. And I have plenty of other videos about tefillah on this channel, which you can check out if you want to learn more about how to use this time to enhance tefillah. There are many ways to do this. Also, my website is coming out soon, hopefully this coming week, with a whole series about tefillah. It's going to just be explaining how to do tefillah effectively. Like, these are tools that we should be using now. There's plenty of other people who have done that way before I ever did it, just explaining things about tefillah. So go and seek them out, and don't substitute Zoom minyanim and any other kind of minyanim to fill in the gaps that we now feel. Those gaps are there for a reason. Hashem is giving us Yisurin now to push us somewhere. Not Yisurin like in the suffering sense. Yisurin in the pushing us and the moving us. That's what the word Yisurin means. Moving us towards or away from things that are not effective and not as genuine 
towards things that can be way more real. We could have a situation where our where our people are finally able to actually do tefillah the way it's been, it's been meant to be done for so long, and there are individuals who are doing it, but to bring us as a people towards that place, it'll change the whole world to do that. I mean, changing how everybody thinks, people being more in touch with themselves, what it is that they genuinely want, what Hashem wants will come into the world more intensely, and He's giving us an opportunity right now to do that. So if you substitute social senses of closeness, which is what seems to have become, if you substitute that for genuine tefillah b'tzibur in the situation, then you are literally missing the boat and just sacrificing an incredible opportunity for real growth, and it's you're, you're exchanging chai olam for chai esha. I want to feel good right now, feel less alone, but I'm not getting anywhere in terms of my connection with Hashem. So you have to, you have to only you can know how much of that you're doing. You have to go inside yourself and ask yourself to what degree you're doing that, and ask yourself to what degree you're being active in your tefillah relationship and your tefillah exploration, and ask yourself all the questions that you have. Who is Hashem? What do I not know? What do I know? What am I, what am I afraid of? What do I think? You've got to be personal and genuine and upfront with yourself about these questions, and then go further and learn about them, just like you need to do that with your wife or your husband. Like Things that you're not sure about, things that you're scared of, things that you don't say because you're, you're, you, just, you just never said them. These are areas that need to be explored if you want to create a genuine connection between you and your spouse, or you and Hashem, that has to be how it always is. Otherwise, the rest of it is just pretending. And you can go your whole life pretending to do something that you're not really doing. And when you wake up at the end of that, you're just going to miss out on so much of what you were supposed to be doing here when you were actually in the moments along the way of that process. Hope that was relatively useful and clarifying. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, observations. Put them in the bottom of, of the video. And I look forward to hearing and seeing you guys in future videos.